Is excellent customer service dead? If you've ever been on hold for what feels like forever, getting menued to death by dumb artificial intelligence, or struggled to reach a knowledgeable person who actually answers the phone, can speak your language, pay attention to details, you might definitely think customer service is dead. But today's guest says it is possible to deliver six-star service in a one-star world. And when we come back, we're going to find out what he means. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, helping you see business issues hiding in plain view that matter to your bottom line. Welcome to Business Confidential Now. I'm your host, Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, and I have a terrific guest for you today. He's Mitch Graf. Mitch is a best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, international speaker, nationally syndicated radio host, plus a former All-American track and field athlete. Over the past three decades, Mitch has created many multi-million dollar companies in a variety of industries and says it taught him one simple truth. The basic business principles apply regardless of what arena that you play in. His latest book is called Customer Service is Dead, and I'm looking forward to learn how we can deliver six-star service, and he says it's possible in a one-star world. So welcome to Business Confidential Now, Mitch. Oh, it's great to talk to you. It's an honor to be here. And uh, yeah, it's, you were talking about going into uh, on hold. Last week, I had called a company I've done business with for probably 20 years. It's a company that we all know and love. And they had an instant chat box on their website. The phone was like an hour and a half wait, so I clicked on instant chat. It took them 18 minutes <laughs> before a live body jumped on what they called the instant chat. That never happened just a handful of years ago. So, yeah, it definitely has taken a, a downhill turn, and I'm on a mission to try to figure out ways to get businesses to kind of raise expectations again, not just of themselves but their employees uh, everyone they do business with, and if we all demand more from the companies we buy from, guess what? That old saying, a rising tide lifts all boats, I really think that's going to happen again. Uh, the guys that get it, the Ritz-Carltons of the world, the Marriott's of the world, they understand what the customer experience means and how important it is. And uh, that's kind of what the mission I want to go on, and uh, I think it's, it's a baby step, one step at a time, but I think we'll get there again. Well, I hope you're right, because it is so frustrating, first of all, trying to find a telephone number for a company on their website. Oh, yeah. And and then yep. when they say, contact us, oh, have you looked at, at our frequently asked questions? And of course, your question's not there. You know, it just, you tear your hair out. And it's like, well, if this is customer service, where's the customer? I think this is all company convenience is what I'm seeing here. It's, it's all about what is easier for them. But like you mentioned, excellent customer service and customer satisfaction is so important for every organization and not just in the for-profit world. A lot has been written about it. It's a really crowded field. So I'm curious, Mitch, your book, Customer Service is Dead, what does that bring to the conversation that hasn't been talked about already? (laughs) Well, the way that I approach this particular book, and I've been writing business books for over 20, 25 years, but this one, when COVID kind of hit and it forced brick and mortar companies to kind of reevaluate how they were doing business and they took everything online. If you were only brick and mortar, you were forced to do something online if you wanted to keep revenues coming in. Of course, places like restaurants and hospitality businesses 
pretty much got shut down completely. But now that they're open up again, and maybe you've had the, the same experience, they're understaffed, which means the staff they do have are overworked. They're not given that same, I call it six-star training, where they're looking for ways to not just meet expectations of the customers, but to exceed, finding ways to go above and beyond. And what that means It differs every single customer, but I really believe that the one-star expectations that we all have kind of developed over the last couple of years, we've kind of dumbed down what we expect. If we only have to wait for 20 minutes online at the bank, we feel like it's a lucky day. If we only have to spend 15 minutes in the line at Safeway or Albertsons because they're shorthanded, we feel okay about it. So basically what's happened is we have allowed our expectations to just get dumbed down and we don't expect as much. But I really think that we have to, as a whole, you and I, we started and eventually it will become uh, something that has momentum. I really believe that we have to figure out ways to buck that trend and give people, especially our employees, give them the tools that they need in order to not just meet those expectations, but to go above and beyond. And it sounds like it's a simple ask, and it really is, but there's so many companies now that have given up on that, okay, the touch points that the customer used to have with our company, instead of 10 touch points, we only want to deal with the customer one time. <laughs> and so they don't put the phone number on, like you said. They don't have an, an, an email address simple. They have the FAQs. They have the, the instant chats that really aren't instant anymore. And a lot of them are robots. I don't know if you've noticed, you can go and have a conversation with a, a robot, artificial intelligence, and it feels like it's an actual conversation but there's not a human being on the other side of that of that chat. And that's just kind of the wave of, of the future with businesses. But I really think small and medium-sized business owners need to look at the touch points that each customer has with their business and make sure that there is no friction with every one of those touch points. Whether you're a restaurant, a hotel, a plumbing company, a real estate agent, it doesn't matter. There's touch points that will dictate how your customers feel about your business. And right now, there's more one-star reviews being posted on TripAdvisor and Yelp than in the history of those companies. We are more vocal about our bad experiences. We're less likely to post a five-star review. We're more likely to post a one- and two-star review, which I'm sure you know companies that have had those kind of reviews. That could be devastating to a small business. A mom shop, they get a couple of bad reviews. That could be the end of their business, unfortunately. Definitely. Now, you mentioned something interesting, the number of touch points and reducing friction. Tell me more about what you mean by that and how to reduce friction in touch points. Please elaborate. Well, that's just, we'll just take a restaurant, for example, because that's one business that we all are enjoying once again. You know, the whole country now has opened up. The whole world has opened up again. And we went through a very difficult time. You know, out here in Oregon, we still have some issues that we're dealing with. They may bring back the mask mandate. They may bring back some other things like that. And so we're not out of this yet. But let's just take a restaurant, for example. If you walk in, what do you expect, Hannah? If I were to ask you, if you were to walk into a restaurant, tell me some of the things that you just automatically expect from a restaurant. Well, you'd like to be seated sooner rather than later. Okay. Okay. You'd like to be offered a menu and have somebody ask you what you'd like to drink to at least get a drink order going. Mm-hmm. These QR codes are something that personally irritates me because I'm a visual person. I like looking at a menu because I can see multiple pages at once instead of scrolling back and forth and this and right. that. Like, you know, come on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I understand why they're moving towards that. But it's really, to my point, irritating, especially if you've left your phone in the car. 
Sure, maybe, absolutely. You know, yeah. maybe it needs to be recharged. So, you know, it just assumes that everybody likes these QR codes. And I, I know for me, I certainly don't. A lot of my friends don't either. I think the level of service, how mm-hmm. the, the wait staff addresses you when they come to the table, are they casual? Yeah. Are they more formal? That may have to do with the restaurant too, but how they present themselves. I mean, there's a number of things, even how they, they serve the dishes ultimately. Do they just kind of plop them down on the table or is it a presentation? I, and I remember seeing a video clip of Oh my goodness, I forget the actor. He's he's really famous. But at one point in his career, when he was starting out, he was waiting tables. And he had a a great little clip about how, regardless of what job you have, treat it like the most important thing you're doing for the people that you're serving. You can make just even waiting a table a wonderful experience for the customer by how you present Absolutely. it, by, by how you, you're trying to be attentive to, you know, what else can I get? Are, are things okay? Checking more periodically and so forth. And it was really somewhat humbling that, that somebody at his stage of his career, because he is a, an A-list star, would speak to that, mm-hmm. that, that it still mattered to him just as a matter of respect and consideration for the people that you're dealing with. So I think there's a, she there's a lot of She just listed off probably, oh, what, six to eight different items, and they were just <laughs> off the top of your head. I kind of put you on the spot there, but <laughs> each one of those things is potentially a friction point for a customer walking into any restaurant, your favorite restaurant, a new restaurant, it doesn't matter. So if you figure out, okay, number one, the wait time. If you and your your ownership or you and your management sit down and say, okay, we want to find ways so that people don't have to wait very long. And maybe, maybe you say it's five minutes at the absolute max, or maybe you say three minutes at the absolute max. What kind of systems can you install into your business that will allow people to not have to wait? You know, the idea that I think you even said it, you come on in, it's going to be a five minute wait. Can I get you a, a drink and a, maybe a couple of complimentary chips and salsa while you're waiting for your table? You can sit over here in our bar area. Well, there is one area of friction that you just removed. Maybe water has been a thing that a lot of people are complaining about now. My wait staff is not refilling my water. Why don't you just put a pitcher of ice water on the table? How easy is that? Now, there are some national chains that have started to do that because they are short-staffed, but they know that is an area of friction. During your uh, your visit with your favorite restaurant, at least two times you're going to ask a waiter to, to refill the water. And if they're busy, that's a point of friction. So if they just give you a pitcher of water, you've removed that friction. So if you look at every single system within your business, I know we're talking about restaurant, but it could be any industry. Look at every single system you have, break it down into the smallest number of pieces, and then rebuild those systems with fewer moving pieces that are customer-centric putting that customer first and foremost. I don't care that you're short-staffed and the wait line is 20 minutes. I don't care about that. Figure out a way around it, over it, through it, above it, however you got to figure out a system to make it customer-centric so that your customer feels appreciated, loved, you said it, respected. And you start doing that thing, magic will start to happen with your customer base. They'll start bringing you new customers, and those customers will be converted into fans and that's where the good magic happens is when your customers become raving fans for your brand and they'll stand on top of the highest mountain 
and sing your praises because you have done such a good point. And removing those friction points is a big part of that. So whatever your business is, break it things down, rebuild it, fewer moving pieces, good things happen. Sounds like a great plan. You know, you mentioned earlier about how there are more one-star reviews on Yelp and TripAdvisor than, than ever before. In your experience, do you think that the internet, the 24-hour news cycle, or social media has accelerated our need for instantaneous gratification and, you know, getting seated immediately at a restaurant or something like that? Or oh, has absolutely. it changed our ideas about excellent customer service? Well, because of social media and because everything is instant, we all feel that our opinion matters. <laughs> In a, in, in a global sense, it really doesn't matter, but because a single voice can make itself heard through all the noise and be heard louder than anybody else on social media, and that thing can be shared and reshared and reposted, and before you know it, you got 10 million views of the bad service you got at the local spa. You went in to get your nails done, and all of a sudden, that business is inundated with negative phone calls, negative posts, negative re- uh, reviews and ratings, all because of someone that feels that their opinion really matters more than it should. So the reality is everyone's opinion matters. And if you go into your business model, making sure you understand that, that you could be <laughs> videoed for seven seconds, for 12 seconds, a bad interaction with one of your employees could become viral. It could put you out of business. So if you understand those dynamics, Again, you got to make sure that your staff, frontline staff, the people, this sounds weird, but the people making the least amount of money are the most important. If you're talking about a cashier at the bank, a Bank of America, you're talking about the checker at the, your local grocery store, you're talking about we're in Oregon, we're one of two states that we can't pump our own gas, <laughs> us in New Jersey. We go to a gas station, we are not allowed to go get the handle and do it ourselves. We have employees that do that. So, and they're only making you know minimum wage or a little bit more. But they're holding multi-billion dollar brands in their hands, and they're not giving that, that little bit of extra training when you go up to a customer, hello, sir, how are you today? What they do is they say, what can I get you? The first words out of their mouth before they make contact or anything, yeah, what can I get you? That's not customer service. That's not even that's, – that, that doesn't rank on the scale of one to five stars. It definitely doesn't get six star. And I don't expect a huge conversation from somebody, Hannah, but I do expect someone to say – just make quick eye contact, acknowledge me, acknowledge that I'm there, give me a little bit of a smile, um, and then let's get on to our transaction. It's only two to three to four seconds, but a lot of that has went away now that uh, so many companies are shorthanded employees, and they're taking any employee that applies without giving them that training. So if the big brands would just slow things down a little bit and make sure that those frontline people, those bottom-end people, are given the training tools necessary to understand what true customer service really is, so that six-star mentality. When I have a good service experience with somebody, I'll say, you know, thank you for the six-star experience. I really appreciate that service. I don't have to explain it. Nobody says, what does that mean? Everybody knows when I say, thank you for the six-star service, they know that they did something extra for me, right? If you heard that, you would uh, interpret that for the same way, wouldn't you? Well, sure. It's a, it's definitely a compliment. It's a, a positive it's a compliment. feedback. Yeah. So yeah. the challenge is how do we let our employees know that that's what we expect of them, that it's not just a five-star uh, expectation. It really is the six-star expectation. What can you do for your customers that are in front of you? Whether you call it a customer or a client or a guest, 
whenever you call someone that gives you money in exchange for a product or service, what can you do to go above and beyond to make their experience with your company, your brand, just a little bit better. And that's where we need to spend our mindset, especially management and ownership of all companies. That's where they need to be spending their time. And that's what's going to grow your business in the future. Because right now, there's, there's so many bad experiences that are being vocalized on social media that we forget that the true business growth comes from that customer experience that is impeccable, that is above reproach, that is going above and beyond. And that's where all the time needs to be spent, in my opinion. Well, that definitely sounds reasonable. If I'm a business owner and I'm listening to this, I'm probably a little overwhelmed going, oh my God, you know, where do I start? In your experience, are there one or two things that consistently seem to escape management's attention when it comes to creating a six or even a five-star experience? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, actually, it's just conveniently the number is six because there's six points on on the star that I talk about in the book, Customer Service is Dead. And the way I look at those six points, there are six promises that every business should be making to their customers. And I think this is a good place for anyone to start. If you're looking at ways to improve, uh, looking for systems to evaluate, you look at the six points of the star, and I'll kind of go through them uh, for you so that you kind of understand it. Star number one, the promise that we make is to do our best to exceed expectations. Star number two, we promise to treat our customers like gold in every interaction. Star number three, we promise to correct our mistakes quickly and efficiently. And I think that's something that a lot of people just want a, a bad experience, a bad customer experience. They want to just shake it underneath the rug, put it in the back room. They don't want to deal with it. The best rule of thumb is to deal with it immediately, quickly, efficiently, get it through it, move on. Your customer will be almost uh, uh, turn into a good customer if you can deal with their objection or their issue right away. Don't let it fester. Don't say, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Deal with it instantaneous. As soon as that issue happens, make sure you take care of it. That's star number three. Star four is we promise to create an unparalleled culture of customer service excellence. And that starts with the employees, the managers, the ownership. It's really uh, uh, company-wide. Star number five, we promise to build a relationship with you based on mutual respect. Respect really is a two-way street, and sometimes we forget about that. We need to show our customers the same respect that we would like to see from them. And star number six is we promise to never forget that you, the customer, is the most important part of our business. And I think that a lot of people do forget that little, that's just a little thing, but it's the customer that drives revenues. It's the customers that allows us to go hire more employees. It's the customers that allow us to have profit so that we can expand. It's the customers that allow us to do better in our customer service and our shipping department and our you know digital website, the instant chat. It's those customers that buys us the lifestyle for ourselves and for our businesses. And so taking care of them in a new way, in new appreciation, new respect, that's what we all need to kind of work towards. That sounds like a pretty complete list. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty simple. I mean, it's not complicated, but it's stuff that we all have kind of just forgotten. I mean, COVID really threw everyone for a loop. The whole world is crazy now. We don't know how it's going to end up in two years from now. But all I know is right now, the customers that we do have, man, we got to make sure we take care of them with kid gloves and give them all the respect, all the admiration, all the smiles and the good mornings that they expect. And they'll bring their friends and families and coworkers, and that's where good growth comes from. You don't have to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads. You just take care of your current customers, and if each one of your customers brings you one new customer this year, you just doubled your business. 
that is where we need to be focusing our time and energies. Definitely. Now, you mentioned something in these sticks promises, the, the points on your, your star, about fix mistakes fast. And yet there are all these Yelp and reviews out there and TripAdvisor and, and any place you could leave a review that you say are hitting new highs as far as one star. Any recommendations for, I mean, maybe somebody didn't re- recognize it at the time and then all of a sudden they see these reviews and they go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, it, it could be an, an employee that is causing a, somebody to have heartburn, but management doesn't see that. They don't know it. And the employee, like you said, hasn't been trained. How does management turn that around? How do you su- recommend that they respond to a review like that? Well, first of all, you need to respond to the negative review. Ignoring it, And hoping that it just goes away, that people don't see it, is not the right answer. And it's kind of tough to have this humble approach where, okay, someone just gave me a scathing review, something that I did wrong, something that my employees did wrong, my business dropped the ball in their customer experience somewhere along the way. You need to, number one, respond in a public manner without anger, without animosity, without friction, be humble and apologize, be very apologetic. And then you need to figure out a way that you can reach that customer directly and maybe even inside the post. If there's no other way, inside your post, John, please give me a call. I would love to discuss this further. I'm so sorry that you had this bad experience, but trust me when I say I'm going to make it right with you. And then if they do call you, if they do email you, if they do stop back in your store, whatever the the case is, you need to make sure that they feel that you appreciate them more than you ever have in their history and you make sure that the problem is not just fixed but you go above and beyond if they say well i waited a half an hour my cold was food my 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 food was cold and i I had to ask for refills on my water and the dessert was supposed to be cold and it was hot whatever their issues are apologize take responsibility take the blame and if it were me sticking on the restaurant example i would give them a gift certificate for two people to come back and have dinner on you including a bottle of wine including desserts no questions asked that hundred dollars that you might spend when they come in the next time for a date night for a husband and a wife that hundred bucks is cheap compared to the amount of damage that a negative review could potentially do if you just choose to ignore it and not do anything about it so a lot of times the customers that have had bad experiences with us turn out being our best customers if we handle them correctly they'll again they'll, they'll sing our praises from the highest mountain if we do it the right way sound advice for sure But, you know, sometimes there are people out there that are intentionally stirring up mischief or trolling a website and causing bad reviews. I know there is one restaurant not far from where I live where somebody just left a scathing one-star review. And I I just pulled it up because it is just so, you knew they couldn't be serious, but still it was it was out there, and then I'll, I'll read it to you, and I'll tell you in a second what the restaurant did. The, the review said, this place is full of satanic activity. As free-breathing humans, <laughs> oh, we were discriminated against. The waitstaff refused to serve our laughing, smiling faces. I cannot believe the treatment we received here as if we were below them. If you like your freedom, go elsewhere. So the restaurant made lemonade out of these lemons. They had... T-shirts made up for the staff that quoted portions of this with an eye-catching design of a devil. And it's a hit. 
because people knew it's like oh no you know sometimes people go so overboard with these negative reviews yes, yes. that it's like oh seriously and then you look like a almost a feel like a fool to say oh you're so right and i'm so wrong and it's like no you're an ass <laughs> you know so all right exactly now the, the old saying the customer is always right i don't believe that is true i believe that there are situations that we must be humble and we, we have to take the hits we need to apologize. We need to make those apologies public so that everybody is aware of this neg- negative situation that you dealt with as management that you dealt with. But yeah, sometimes, and when, while you were reading that, it's like, okay, this sounds a little bit so far-fetched that I'm not going to give much credence yeah. to it. Um, and it sounds like they made a nice little humor thing out of that. But still, dealing with it head-on right away instead of letting it fester, they could have just left it out there to do irreparable damage to people that see it as a joke will see it as a joke, but there's going to be a percentage of people that see it as something serious. Like, well, I'm not going to go to that place if they're Satan worshipers. And so any chance you have at cutting those issues off at the pass, the better you're going to be. Now, customer service doesn't mean that you're fixing things that are bad. Customer service could be that you have systems in place that take care of anything potentially negative before they ever happen, right? You've thought things out ahead of time, like the pitcher of water on the table, you know, like the, 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 the no wait time when you check in at the, with your hostess, all those kinds of things. If you have systems in place that prevent mistakes from happening, that's the kind of world that you need to kind of play in. And those are the kind of systems that you need to develop. Well, while we're talking about preventing mistakes from happening, I appreciate that businesses being short-staffed or just wanting to take more advantage of technology to leverage the time and productivity of the employees they do have still have to rely or want to rely on some of these automated systems. What in your experience has been some of the biggest mistakes organizations make when relying on technology for that excellent customer service? Well, the instant chat definitely is one of them. Um, and And I've tried that technology on several occasions trying to deal with a company without having to talk to somebody in person. I don't have a lot of free time to sit on hold for 45 minutes, so instant chats are very nice for me. But most of them are these Autobots. They don't give you a real person, and it takes you 10 minutes while they pretend they're typing. You see the little three dots moving back and forth like they're live typing. They're not live typing, it's a robot. They try to fake you out to make you believe that it's a live person. And you can put anything in there, and I've done this before, actually. I put in something totally crazy. Do you sell Mountain Dew? And talking to my AT&T, my, my cell phone company. You sell Mountain Dew, instant chat. Uh, let me check on that for you. Do you mind holding for a couple of minutes? <laughs> well, anybody that works for AT&T is going to know they don't sell Mountain Dew. But it's just it's just kind of add comical relief to a stressful situation. Um, so I think that's a technology that has been overdone. I understand why it's done, because it alleviates the, na- the need for having a live purse on the front line. But from a grander scale, from a bigger picture scale, the world goes around on relationships. I buy from companies because I like the people that are employed by that company. Whether it's my insurance agent, whether it's a real estate broker, I don't care. I buy from people I like. And that's how a lot of us do our business. You know, My cars. I bought four cars in a row from the same dealership because I liked how they made me feel. Not because they had the best cars, because they made me feel special. Like they appreciated my business. And guess what? I've sent countless number of my coworkers and employees and, and friends to that dealership because of how they made me feel. When it's all said and done, you're not going to remember how much money you made and what jobs you had. 
you're going to remember how people make you feel. And so that's another thing in customer service is making sure that customer's emotions are front and center, that you are appreciating how they feel. Even if it's not right, <laughs> you need to acknowledge that they have these feelings and figure out a way around it so that they feel good again about you and your staff. But like I said earlier, customer service, that, that name doesn't mean that you're trying to fix a negative. It a lot of times should just be how can we take care of our customers impeccably without anything happening. So we have to have these systems in place throughout our business from A to Z so the customer come in, can come in and all these potential touch points are well thought out, they're, they're systematic, they're in place, and if something does go wrong, give your staff the training to be able to deal with any ball that is dropped along the way. Wonderful. Your book, Customer Service is Dead, and the short amount of time that we have left, Mitch, if there's one big takeaway from that book, what would you want the reader to take away? Well, from a consumer standpoint, understand that the businesses out there that you do business with are doing the best they can. I mean, we're all trying to, to make a dollar. We're all trying to do a good job for our customers and our clients and our guests. That's number one. Number two, from the business standpoint, sit down with a good cup of coffee, a notepad and a pen with yourself initially if you are the entrepreneur, if you are the owner. Sit down and look at all the areas of your business that could potentially be creating some friction for your customers. Look at those systems, break them down into the smallest number of pieces and rebuild it again. And I think if you can kind of look at things like six star, just put that in your brain. What can I do to go above and beyond? Ask yourself that question. A lot of good things will happen in your mind and then into your business if you can kind of look at things that way. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mitch. I appreciate your time and your thoughts about excellent customer service. I think a lot of us know these things, but it's easy to forget when we're, you know, so busy working in our business instead of on to make sure that we have all of these systems in place. And the the time during COVID certainly did put a, a monkey wrench into a lot of it where people were really trying to stay alive and not have to shut their doors. Um, and so short shortcuts were made. But now that things have opened up again, we need to get back into the saddle so that we don't have these, you know, issues that are in plain view that hurt our bottom line, which is what it's all about. So if you're listening and you'd like more information about Mitch Groff and his his book, Customer Service is Dead. The contact information is going to be found in the show notes at businessconfidentialradio.com. And if you know someone who's looking to learn more about excellent customer service, please tell them about this episode and share the link, businessconfidentialradio.com, because I thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow.